My Family Thinks I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. <laughs> Off again this with you. Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know? If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. You know, your whole podcast. Yeah. So who are we talking about today, Matt? Podcast player haters, paranoid finger pointers, and straight up misguided fools. It's important to relax, chill out, and allow your mind to wander as you ponder the endless possibilities that await you in our multispectral, abundant, ever expanding now. And that is all the easier with friends by your side. So, listeners, sit back and strap in for another wild ride with returning champion Nathan Lee Miller Foster. The Great Awakening is upon us, so let's smash the fallen angel Egregore and replace it with a new gnosis and the wherewithal to keep our word and our promises to be loving, kind, abundant human beings in a better world. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Nathan Lee Miller Foster. You know, Satan, NASA, whatever they're called, Nazi, whatever they're called. Just about the deepest picture of space. I'm like, what, you couldn't zoom in like one millimeter further? <laughs> Once you start to think like a little bit, and also if you look at that go ogle, go ogle, you look at the doodle, the doodle, I don't think it works for that one. But when you look at that, it's like, just turn it upside down because we're living in Wonderland world and you'll see what that is. It's, right. it's pretty much the same tank that they put like a Libya or Eleven in. And seven and 11 are both not even, even though the word even is in both of them. Anywho, so let's go here. And by the way, seven plus 11, which is the two is a nine. Okay, enough. So Mark Stavish, Martin Armstrong, John Rappaport, G-I-G-I-Y-O-U-N-G on Van von Braun and Elon that guy, the cloning guy, and a dark journalist on UFO slash Atlantis. That's what you can, what I would encourage people to look up. As well as the final two is just my man, our man, everyone's everyone's favorite Gnostic, Miguel Connor. And I was saying in connection to my personal path of becoming more interested in esoteric slash Gnostic uh, theosophical Christianity, which after listening to Craig Williams, I'm like, you know, I need to slow my role because totally still beginning. And then I, I wanted to mention Rudolf Steiner, Steiner, Steiner on the knowledge of higher worlds and entertainment. There's so many literary literary illusions that Keenan uses. I believe that he's familiar with that book, as well as that book about Huey Long, who was a politician that was a Democratic version of Donald Trump, who was a Democrat for most of his 
life anyways. And there was between the diapy and the death shroud, which is why no amount of stench could cover up your... Because he's not talking about any particular person. He's talking about the political structure. But if I'm getting the little... If people are like, what the fuck's going on now? Don't worry. People know that they can go to Bandcamp and check out all your music. The link is in the description for this episode and the previous episode we've done. Returning champion Nathan Lee Miller Foster. I had to have him back on the show because the rave reviews from my Patreon audience, they were like, get this guy back on. And then we put the episode out yesterday. I wanted to put it out before we had you back on to tell you. And I knew this would happen, but we had people saying, love Nathan Lee, and other people said, damn, this guy talks at 1.5 speed, and other <laughs> other people are saying, I gotta, you know, slow this down and, and catch up with it, because, you know, Nathan Lee, you got a lot of information stored away in there, brother, and I felt like maybe it would require a part two to go even further into all the cool stuff that we discussed the first time and whatever else has come up since because you and I have been staying in touch and and have building have been building on a, a couple of the ideas that we've put forth but before we get into all that how have you been <laughs> I want to make sure. <laughs> no, you, you know. <laughs> oh no! Don't. Hey, this was, this was not criticism from the audience. This was a complimentary. They were impressed with how fast you're able to, you know, flip through all these different. Not only facts and figures, but stories, connections, numbers, symbols. So give yourself a little credit there, brother. Oh, don't worry about my Leo Moon. Uh, it, it'll, it'll, I'm learning. Here's how I've been, Mark. And thank you very much for having me back on. And let me just start by setting the intention that thank you very much for this opportunity. May I only convey that which is serving the most high and the most useful for everyone who listens at this point in their journey. That true intention being set, I'm realizing just how ignorant I really am, how beginning on the path it seems to feel sometimes that I am when I experience the masters or the teachers who have come before me, when I realize the shortcomings in my own personality and behavior, when I realize my, what I, what I feel like is going to be a, a falling away of certain energies from my life for the replacement of more refined ones. I was recently told that an initiate does not get upset when a non-initiate, they don't get disturbed by the behavior of a non-initiate, which was a really big, like a, a very illuminating moment. I believe it was a discussion between Mark Stavish, my teacher, Mark Stavish, another Mark with an S somewhere in that name, and Craig Williams, and he's, I, I call him a Gnostic badass, but Craig would, I know he's into Ayurvedic medicine. I know he's very well-practiced in Tantrika and, and other mystical arts. So listening to two, what I would consider gentlemen that are further along the path and just my own resources that seem so abundant to some and they are to a degree and the key word being the degree i'm realizing how important it is for me to convey at the start here that 
please take what I say with entire pillars of salt. This is someone who may appear and see, I've, I get the feeling that this is this shows my earnestness, but this is someone who may appear pretty advanced, but I am very much at the start of my path and I am very grateful for my teacher, Mark, and for my for guides who come into my life like William Hodson and Craig Williams. So I want to put those, I want to put some so to speak on those names or however, but those are different topics that are really moving me in the direction that I need to be moved in. And if I'm doing anything worth my salt, I'm going to be letting, making sure that people have that impression that I'm no guru. I'm no, I'm no one more than what I am where I'm at. And it's good for me to put that Capricorn breaks, so to speak on the whole, the whole, you know, forward rushing doom train, if you will, which obviously it's a final fantasy eight reference. So we'll, which is what a cult fan gets you in Final Fantasy VIII to, to let to end that screed on a slightly more nerdy, lighter note. But that's very important. And I want to put blessings towards Mark Stavish, especially my teacher. That is a very important thing for me to do mm. for, my, for my own personal dignity on this path of initiation. And you deserve that dignity of a very high integrity. And I appreciate you bringing that to the show. And and I try to do the same thing when I go on other shows that you actually sat in on my appearance on Aeon Byte. And, and I said something very similar, like, hey, don't take my word for this stuff. I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants like Anthony Sutton and Chris Milligan with this Skull and Bones research. So yeah, I, I appreciate your your disclaimer, but I also want to compliment you again and say that podcasting with you, and I've, I've had two podcasts so far, only one has been released, and this is our third, feels like ceremony, actually five, because we've done Miguel Connor show, so four, right? Four or five, I don't remember, either way, <laughs> too many to count, and it's like a ceremony, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I get some smoke going in the air. You get some smoke going in the air. I don't know if you have any bud today, but one thing that we talked about recently over text was how Mark Stavish was a sort of, he was absent at a meeting that he was supposed to be at, that I was at, that Michael Wan was at, whose shirt I'm wearing right now. And Michael Wan invited me there to go along with him so that he wouldn't get hoodwinked, right? I told you this, and I think you said you had more to respond and, and you'd rather respond on the pod, so here we are. But me and Mike and our friend Jesse and my lovely girlfriend Tara, we all went down to Media, Pennsylvania. Strange name for a town, Media, yes. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Well, Media, Pennsylvania is where a group of citizens broke into the FBI building, and this was the first time that citizens ever got a hold of the mk ultra documentation so in media pennsylvania is where the case was cracked open on mk ultra and they're yeah and so we found that out synchronistically you know a couple days before we got to media and one like i said one of the people that were supposed to be at this freemasonic meeting that michael was invited to present at as a non-freemason was mark stavish and and I was a little bit concerned going there because Mike was nervous about it. So in 
you know, seeing as Mike was my, you know, like mentor in this world, so to speak, I'm like nervous for him. Like, oh, God, he's going to get his head chopped off at the end of this meeting or something. We're and Catholics, goddammit. No, <laughs> and it, it ended up being a really fun time. And, and everybody there was pretty, you know, amicable to Mike's message. And, and they liked the fact that he was honest about being paranoid. It caused a big laugh in the room when Mike admitted that he was nervous that he was going to get like, uh, you know, set up or something by giving this presentation. But I found it curious that Mark Stavish wasn't there and was supposed to be there because it was their first Mason meeting since COVID. So this was at the beginning of this year, 2022, as we speak. So they hadn't met for two years. And on their first meeting, they're like, let's get Michael Wan, the Susquehanna alchemist, to give us a presentation. And, Super interesting. Yeah, and Stavish being a Pennsylvania guy, I think, or, or Maryland, showed up or was, you know, shows up to this meeting regularly, but didn't show up to this one. So I don't know what that says about Stavish and me, but... It's strange in a sort of serendipitous way that now you and I have created these podcast conversations because I'm sort of like a mentee of Michael Wan and you just told me you're a, a mentee of Mark Stavish. I'm a student of his for sure. Right, right. Student is, is, is what I meant to say. I don't think mentee is even a word, but... <laughs> I think that's the things that like swim with the dolphins. <laughs> yeah, manatees. <laughs> But either way, so we talked a little bit about Mark Stavish's work, and, and I think groups like the Freemasons and, and even groups like a, a podcast audience, my audience, your audience, Aeon Bytes audience, become almost like an egregore, right? Oh, there's a lot to respond to in that. Go ahead. Take your time. Whichever you'd like to respond to first. Oof, oof, oof. The first thing I want is this cob fee Yes, we should say we're both we're both fueling and nourishing ourselves with our own choices. Last time we conversed, we had coffee and cannabis. This time I have tea and cannabis, iced tea. Honest tea. I love it, that. Stuff. It's too hot to be drinking coffee for me right now, so I got to go with my honest tea. Well, I was a kid. Well, I just had some honest tea for sure. I love how they put Opus from Opus and Bill the Cat or Bill the House Cat on there. But yeah. They did a great story called the, about the Basilope, by the way. is Now, if I talk over here, is my sound coming through just as well when I'm over here as over there? My mic's right over there. Yeah, it's not as well. Okay. If if your mic could be, like, more centered, that'd be helpful. But if not, I have this keyboard, like, well, either way, be comfortable. What's more important is that you're comfortable, Nathan Lee, because I can always edit and normalize the audio to make you sound a little louder or a little quieter. This is good, right? That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's what it's, it's, that's the mic range it's supposed to be. All right. So enough of that stuff. It's kind of threw myself off. Egregores. Well, let's go, let's bring it back to the idea of how fear is contagious, right? Because mm. the real, I figured out with the little Rona, like if you want, how, however deep you want me to go into this, but I'm glad I see I have, I, I just want to make it clear. I'm, I'm about the, the, the actual spiritual experience and the information shared. So I don't care on whose show it's on as long as it's the truth. Like that's really how I feel. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah, so, no doubt. Um, the idea being that I figured out what the Rona symbol was when I was watching this show called zero hour, which is basically Nazis versus Rosicrucians 
it's really interesting. And we just had the Guidestones with the Roman Catholic. That's uh, that's the big reveal for what the RC is, because we don't bury the leads around here. And the, uh, the time capsule itself, I'm just jumping straight into it, and we'll get back to stats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, what this was was an, a sigil-based operation. These were Roman Catholic eugenicists, and you can see in the movie, uh, the documentary Dark Clouds Over Elberton, which I found out about both from my friend Stephen, a.k.a. Recluse, and from Martin Armstrong, who's another, he's another, you know, if you want to use mentor, we can use that. I have one one teacher, which is Mark Stavish, and then I have a bunch of guides and mentors is how I look at it, just okay. from my perspective. When you look at that, it was basically a sigil-charged operation. Actually, I found out from Mark, the Skull and Bones has some cool, like, Templar associations, too, which is mm -hmm. super dope. But um, different... Different egregores, different groups can use the same, like no one owns the circle. So some people like to think they do. But here's the deal. When you launch a sigil, you build up an intention and then you use a lot of orgone, mm. whatever types of energy. So this was a long sigil that they were launching and they launched it. Kaboom. And so when they say time capsule... That wasn't a time capsule, except in the sense of that this was the day, just like the towers were built to be brought down on a certain day. So I hope that's uh, some good information off the top. Now, again, that's just the way I see it. It doesn't mean that it's what it is, but God damn, if I'm not right, what? Anywho, the point, the point is, is that, Mark, the Freemasons are an organization that return you it's like I always think of that, uh, uh, forgive me, Father, for I'm about to sin. It reminds me of that song, Return to Innocence by Enya. But Freemasonry, in what it really does, is returns you to that broken, like a lot of our, the evil loves to destroy innocence. That's what evil's about. Like, we're not talking about creative destruction. And, and evil and good as a as a more initiatic understanding, there's, there's that aspect too. But there is an aspect of the, the Cthulhuan type, the real old evil, if that is a thing, which I'm drawing from the conversation with Mark Stavish and William Hodson, an ex-Catholic priest who knew the inner workings of the Vatican, who knew about the real like wounds that people get, the actual like like there's real crazy stuff that happens. And he was talking about with Mark about this real evil. And they were talking about how evil wants to corrupt innocence. So one thing that Freemasonry is good for when it's being Freemasonry is to return one to those guiding principles that you would have if you were an innocent man, which is essential if you're especially talking about living your fullest free existence. No one would ever, in a real Freemasonic context, and I, you know, forgive me if I am speaking, but I think this is truthful enough. No one's going to take anyone against their will that would be harmful to everything involved. That's just not. You know, to speak as a Mason, that's not our way. Please remember the word free in there. And that's an important aspect. So people can build up these concepts in their heads. Now, let's bring it back to the, I figured out what the little Rona bubble, we'll call it the Rona bubble. In Zelda, they have enemies that are called bubbles and they're little ghosty things. And it's actually, a, I found this out from watching a DNA model being moved about on a screen when they were doing cloning, like Elon Musk, cough, cough, cough see latest no agenda and basically you can see from the bottom that the spiral staircase the jacob's ladder of the dna is actually the rona bubble so they're literally like showing you your dna and that's like such a joke to me like that's the i mean that's the dark rub and so just to finish the thought i guess yeah no one would ever do that but fear is contagious in fact i'm just going to throw some stuff i'm just coming hot and heavy hopefully speaking at a 
drop or cadence and tempo and tone. Hey, baby. Hey, the idea is that the I just threw myself off a little bit. It's my my dulcet tones. But let me bring it back. The idea being the Rona Jacob Slatter. Fear is contagious. Mm. Fear is contagious. We truly have nothing to fear but fear itself. So what we went through was getting people to be afraid of virises. But virises, what if virises don't actually, you know, let virises explain it all. What if virises don't actually, speaking of ladders going, see, it's tied that together nicely because Sam would go into her window through the ladder, which let's not talk about that. But anyways, the idea is that fear being contagious, and especially when someone you respect or is like you hold above you, in the path, so to speak, is afraid, like that's detrimental and the fish rotting from the head down and no, no, no dishonor or disrespect, just an example archetypally. But this, that is to say that everything that we went past in the past two years was giant fear inoculum land. And we should get into more of that and the legion inoculant and the litany against fear, contra, la, contra una la per, whatever, and even mocking beat and how that relates to, I would, if you don't mind writing this down for our notes, just a mark, mocking beat and how that relates to the Lee Harvey Oswald level patsy that is Ted K. Yeah, we're going, we're going, why don't we just do all the things today? So I want to say the, to finish the rant, one of the things I'm being made aware of is that I am definitely more beginning on the path than I, than I had thought. And I am certainly always in control or I am always responsible and being in control of my own perceptions, my own emotions and the energies that I put into this world. And that is the greatest gift. That is the greatest initiation that I am aware of at this time to be in a full awareness and charge of charge being electromagnetic and everything term of your own way, your aura, your warp and wolf in this world. And so that's why it's so important to be exposed to these, and I'll get into this actually, if you will allow me just one more quick paragraph. This is, I would recommend to the, the listener on personal dignity and initiation parts one through three by Mark Stavish. I will provide Mark with all of the notes for that, but here's, here's five. While there are no hard and fast rules that we can give, there are some guidelines that can help. And this is for initiation and what an initiation initiated person actually looks like, because it's the you shall know them by their fruits for sure. And uh, shogis. And it says if one's uncertain of their application because of time and place or cultural setting, these guidelines can be summed up in the following. And uh, by the way, if you do follow through reading these, you're going to love the first like paragraph where it talks about who definitely would not be given initiation because that's dope. But pardon my vernacular. The person of dignity treats others, even enemies, with respect. Because they know, and that's one. Number two is because they know the power of the word, they are not crude or vulgar. So like I said, I'm at the beginning of my path. Three, they also know the importance of silence. Four, they do not meddle in the affairs of others or offer unsolicited advice. Five, they are generous when the opportunity arises as personal generosity is expressive of their unending confidence in their own personal mastery so with that i will uh, yield the floor to the the other senator thank you yes and and mr stavitt like i said has some very interesting work we have touched on that before but i took i took a couple of notes here 
Nathan Lee, and I'm wondering where we should start first, because we're just getting into this. We're 20 minutes in already, and we've already laid out. You know, the reason I, I do want to point this out, the reason I conceptualize that septogram is because when we talk about certain topics, they seem to connect, right? And it's like, we end up at one topic and it has two branches that, you know, could lead us either this way or this way. And those, that point can bring us, you know, to another point on the chart. So right. we may not use that septogram completely this episode, but I at least hope to make one from the things you've brought and, and, and let the listeners see it. Cause I don't know. This quickly, if just like for people who like can see that obviously like I am very attached to my name being said properly, like Nathan Lee, whereas mm. if I were more advanced in my path, I may just not care about such a thing, which I openly acknowledge, you know, for my own limitations, like it just, it's also very important to me as a magical operation because the Lee of Nathan, which is like cream of wheat, the Lee of Nathan, <laughs> talk about that juice earlier, huh? Anyways, the Lee is the, is the protector, it's the holy, it's holy, it's protector. And it's very important for me to be putting that into the, because a gift is a gift, but like when you open it, like, was it a gift? So when I, when I'm putting the intention there, those, those, that's three letters for a third syllable it's nothing nothing you could just like mash it together it's it probably is helpful for people to not even have a space in there so they just one two three because like people have like like you know margaret elizabeth those names don't seem to bother people but they're multiple syllable it's multi-syllabic but for me it's important to acknowledge yes that is something that i still have an ego trip on but it's also at another level something that's important for not only like my own ability to resonate that protective energy out there but also it's kind of like a shit test. Pardon my crudeness and vulgarity because beginning of path, but no excuses. But basically I can tell friend from foe. There was literally an incident recently where I was modding a chat room for a live show for one of our fellow, you know, it's, you could probably guess who. And there was some definite legion activity in there. And one of them was literally like trying to, I'm not even kidding the language they were using and they, by the way, I am super snipe with blocking. Don't worry about that. If you step into our house, if you step into Mark's house rudely, you will be out the window before you know what kind of totally bro. So I, I, they're blocked and done, but they were like, give over to the dark side, basically is what they were saying. I'm like, what the, f what direct level of insanity is this? So I say, I quote tool from Jambi or Jambi and say, Legion, stay out of my way. You know, it's like tool saying, don't you dare point that at me. You know, he's talking about the culling which is brought both in the tool song culling voices as well as the new porcupine tree album which is culling herds i think is the song so we're actually witnessing one of the topics of the seven that i brought that i did send you which is martin armstrong's article about this very powerful please ready yourself listener take it as you will no really this is it's not happy information in a degree but it is how you how you internalize and respond to it in your own which you are responsible for which is 50% population decline by 2040, according to the model of Martin Armstrong, who, if you doubt that, then I doubt that you could use the name Nathan Lee. It's the same level of respect. I can either see if you're here or here. And, you know, like I said, you don't let someone who's not past the, that's what I call it a shit test. It's like, if they're not here, that doesn't bother me. And so it's, but again, 50% and that's like an interesting metaphor because like it's either here or here and notice the artwork for fear inoculum literally show the splitting of the ways what Alex Gray called the great turn something about that has a sense of population deluge like flood reduction to me 
So we can maybe talk more about that. But one of the seven I wanted to speak of was Martin Armstrong's Socrates AI prediction of a 50% reduction in the population by 2040. This is not a gleeful, this is not joyful. This is really a serious time to step into your initiatic, if you feel the call, to step into whatever calls to you and become more aware of who you are, what your breath is, the different aspects, how you have multiple versions of your mind, even in your own self. So who's really hungry? Who's really speaking? Who's really caring? That's a very big and important part of all of this. And I hope that I'm serving people by bringing that up in the same breath as the saying that there's times ahead where the earth is changing. So thank you for allowing me to say that. That was important for me to say. Mm. No, and and I'd like to know more because... I think I have heard you explain this on the Occulture podcast that Nathaniel and Nathan Lee are very similar in the sense that you have this L, right? E-L, and L is a very significant phrase. Lee backwards is obviously L or even eel, which is an electric being, one of the few living creatures that has like an electric pulse that is measurable with our devices. The, it, can kill a, it, can kill a, it can kill a hoe. Right, right. So I, I do have no umbrage i have take no umbrage with you correcting me because I, I think it is important and it is a part of the respect that any host should give their guests so yes well, just people in general like your listeners like if someone approaches me and says just nathan even it's really too impersonal to call me nate i got an email from someone the other day but um i have already you know uh, and i have gotten some really cool people from you who are who have responded as nathan lee but it's like, if you call me the wrong thing, guess who you're not going to talk to? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I mean, so look at the, this is the 23rd, by the way, Vignetti e Trace. Mm. Uh, this is the 23rd angel that we're speaking in the time period of. Okay. So I actually drew that hand in the middle pretty well, but uh, look at the name. It's Melahel. Right. E-L. Right. And can you explain, because I've seen you pull those cards out several times. Can you explain maybe for folks who haven't heard us talk that first time what those cards are a part of? What? I'm, a, I'm a practitioner of different esoteric rituals, and I've, I've done certain things that include like the headless rite. I've taken part in uh, different um, workings, basically uh, related to Astaroth which is like, if you look at where my birthday is in Bed Knobs and Broomsticks by Disney, Astaroth's the big uh, force in that film. The ritual that I'm speaking of now that Mark has asked me about is known as the 72 Angels of the Shemhem Aferesh. And there is a, there's different workings for different traditions, but essentially one that I did involves a certain amount of prayers and a certain amount of relating to the angels in their period of time, showing respect and reverence and connection to them. I have drawn out on black thick paper with a gold and silver pen, the sigil or the seal of the angel, including the prayers that I've done at the time. So in order to align me with them and to finish the idea, if you're wondering how do you tell a time for the angels, you basically, I'm going to, I'm going to explain with it's you take the decans. Now what's the decans? Every, every 10 degrees in the Zodiac, see, this is like layers of layers of layers. So in the Zodiac signs of 12, you have 30 degrees, zero, zero to 29. The 29 has got a special name. So if you see anything at the 29th degree, it's known as the anoretic. 
not unlike the word analemma, because to give a, yeah, I'm not going to be, oh, see, my initiation's working because I did not make a crude joke that time. Sorry, Joey. We'll have to save that for later. That's my shout out to my brother, Joey J. Shout out, Joey J. Love Joey J. Love, love, love. And so they tend to the 10 degrees, obviously 30 by 10, right? Or 30 by three is 10. So zero, zero to nine is the first decan, which when you flip that D looks pecan. I love making that reference. It looks like pecan. So decan. And then when you split the decans uh, into halves, so now you have six by five to make the 360 by 12. If you're following this, like the half a decan is an angel of the Shemhem Eferesh. Right. So zero, zero to four, five to nine, 10 to 14, and so on up. And so that's how you know the angels of each. So by the time you're into cancer season, now we're actually in cancer three as of last, I think like 5 a.m. yesterday or something. Now we're into cancer three, which is angel 23. And then the second half of cancer three is going to be the 24th angel before we go 25, what is it? 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 for Leo. And on and on it goes to quote Peter Murphy, whose birthday it was the other day, which is one of the songs that I practice for my singing, which is cuts you up, which mm-hmm. is an amazing song. And I heavily recommend people listen to cuts you up by Peter Murphy. And now I understand very intimately what your listeners who said that I speak to. <laughs> no, and, and I'm following you. And, and this is, yeah, this is good practice for me because I hope we can keep having these conversations because I'm learning so much and I know you've explained that before, but I'm seeing it now. And to quote another song, the pie in the sky, right? You're slicing that pie in the sky up with these decans and then the various measurements, more minute measurements. And, and this is sort of like the turning of the celestial wheel. And Oh, it is. I'm wondering, because I've heard this number 72, not only associated with angels, but tarot cards and then also 78 for tarot right right and then with with the 72 lesser spirits of king solomon now is that is that correlated at all is this sort of like a negative version of of the angels i mean we don't want to put too much of a qualitative judgment on it but where do the the 72 lesser angels follow with this those are the genie or the the 72. Yeah. It's not wrong to say, like, it's more like, I guess, like creative versus destructive, which mm. is how I understand. Like, again, please guys, like, and, and ladies, I'm at the beginning of my path. So pillar of salt, like I said, maybe some Tabasco sauce too. Oh, some A1 steak sauce. <laughs> ah. Anywho, take it with some A1 steak sauce, which is delicious. And I guess to answer directly, that's why I like the thing that I said that most people agree with so far. Yes, steak sauce. I'm like, okay. There it's creative and destructive forces. And one must be able to wield both to be a mages, to speak in the in the in the in the in the way that I understand it. But then there is also, besides creative and destructive, there is there's evil out there, I think. I don't know. But William Hodson, and I'll be providing Mark with all of these links. The William Hodson interview, I cannot tell you guys like how awesome that is. I mean, like part of my old programming or maybe, maybe just what I'm going through, I've been getting, I've been reading my Bible every day and I no one expected that happening, but that's happening. Now this is happening. And it's an important book. It's a very, it's, if you read it as an initiate, it is the, it's your consciousness. The Bible is consciousness. There have been revisions of it and such, but to focus on the 72, 
Yeah, there's, it's like the night side of the tree, I think is one way of saying it, but you know, it's basically the, the more frenetic and dark aspects of our personality, the shadow, which once you master it, there's a time and a place, a season for all things. And, uh, you know, just where I come from, I'm a huge fan of the battle epic in which Arjun, which has A at the end, but it's pronounced Arjun, I believe, is being uh, counseled or advised. And then he's like, you have to kill. And one of the phrases that came to me was never murder, but if you must kill. So that is, you know, that is something that is, might be hard for people, hard for people to hear. But again, I'll, th I'll throw out this meme that I found just the other day. I identify as a threat. My pronouns are fuck around and find out. That's a, that's obviously a tongue in cheek. That's from a guy named Nathan Jones, who is a Australian wrestler. Mm. He found out there was like a Supreme song called Nathan Jones. So I was kind of going down that because I still have the Nathan is part of, as part of my name. And there is a resonator, obviously there resonate. Uh, initiate and you know, natal charts and such. And um, one of the one of the important things I want to throw some musical upgrades to people on is Vic Chestnut. Vic Chestnut unfortunately committed the act, which is a major transgression, along with Mark Linkus, known as Sparkle Horse. But both of these gentlemen were featured on David Lynch's The Dark Knight of the Soul aptly. And the song that I wanted to point people to is a bonus track from his West of Rome. Sounds occult to me. West of Rome. And it's called Nathan, which I will be covering along with Tenacious D's Lee. So I will be covering. Yes. So I'll have Nathan on the A side and Lee on the B side. I, I will have to get the rights to these eventually. But yes, Nathan and Lee by Vic Chestnut and Tenacious D. So shout out to those songs. But yes, that's a bit more information on that. What was the act that Vic Chestnut committed that no one yeah, should? You know what? Like. Okay. Wow, we did that at the same damn time. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, gosh. Yes, he commits to, he commit, he 86 himself, as they right, say. Right, right. And he was a part of the Dark Night of the Soul. David Lynch put that together. Yeah, he curated an, an album which featured Sparkle Horse, Viva Dixie Trombone, I think, or something like that. But yeah, yeah, both of those gentlemen ended their lives. Which, as the as I've been taught so far, will make you come back and have to learn the lessons even more hard. And if people continue on that, eventually you spiral down into non-existence. As I mentioned last time, it's basically annihilation versus apotheosis. But mm. again, beginning beginning initiate here. So please take what well, and 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 I think you know to maybe summarize our last conversation, we talked a lot about the concept of like white lodge initiates versus black lodge right. initiates right and we have right. this concept of david lynch possibly performing a a theater of the mind or a sort of mesmerism a magic act through film and and light and sound and interestingly enough an author whose book i've had for many many years his name is antaro ali he wrote a book called A Modern Shaman's Guide to Reality Selection titled Angel Tech. And I reached out to him. Naturally, I want to talk to him about this book. It, it delves into the eight circle circuit model of consciousness that it, Timothy Leary put a lot of work out on. So I'm naturally interested in that. I want to interview him on that. And he says to me, well, sir, that was 40 years ago I wrote that book. So I'm not interested in interviewing about that book. He said, if you'd like to interview me, please check out my theater. 
plays that I've been doing. So I go and watch some of these theaters, you know, these, I don't know the right term for it, I guess show, production. I start watching some of the videos that he has on Vimeo, and these are occult rituals, straight up occult rituals acted out on stage. And I'm not saying, you know, a qualitative judgment on Antaro Ali either way. As far as I'm concerned, that first book he put out, was white magic. It helped me in an immensely powerful way. But when you look at the theater and the production and then how that's been evolved into movies and stage shows and big music acts, you could see that clearly these folks are initiated in a lot of the stuff that we're discussing here because they're pointing out in the symbols. And that's why, you know, when you and I are dashing through this stuff, you know, we have the pop cultural sort of references in mind because this is part of the conditioning. That yeah. and, and the weird thing about being an American is everybody, depending on where you live, gets a different flavor of cultural conditioning. It's all Can sort of the same in? archetype. Go ahead. Go Can ahead. I just jump in with the flavor. No, just on the flavor thing, because The Lion King, Adam Curry told me this was an excellent observation. So people can take that for what they want. The Lion King prepared everyone for bugs, bugs, bugs. Tastes like poop. It's the slimy yet satisfying, which also encourages deviancy. I mean, Hakuna Matata, two dudes played Nathan Lane. No worries. No worries. Right. So one of the prayers I've been developing, because it's literally taking Mark Savage's words and putting amen at the end of it is work hard. No, this is John Rappaport who we need to get into as well. Work hard, earn it. Amen. That's a prayer. Work hard, earn it. Amen. That's work hard, earn it. Amen. That's a very important Mm. prayer. Mm. And you you started by asking me about my feather that I used to not only block the glare, but also block the ugly microphone stand, you know, add some natural energy to this room. But feathers, I've always been told from my one and only mentor, Amos, that uh, feathers carry your prayers up to the creator. So, you know, talking talking about prayers and mantra, it's, it's definitely something that I think I was averse to Growing up with the Roman Catholic programming, prayer always felt like this routine, like, you know, really mundane thing that didn't yield any results. Well, it's because you're not the priest. The priest gets all that. Right, right. And then as soon as I started, you know, smoking the grass, I realized that there's nothing between me and the creator other than the illusion that's been cast over my mind. Right. Deceiver chased away is how tool sings of it. Mm. Those... The, we we would we would just do like a series breaking down each song basically on that 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 really is one of the most powerful albums of our time just absolute bar none. And that's the other response we've gotten from a lot of the folks who tuned in to our previous conversation, which came out this week. They loved that we talked about Tool a lot. I did not estimate how many people would be fans of Tool, and a lot of them were like, "Whoa, I never thought to listen to the album like this." this is, you know, they were stoked. So I want to say thank you to everyone who's had that response, which is not a reaction; it's a response. You know that that's something like I barely have like involved myself with the Tool. Like I don't do I I haven't done fan bases too much really. I have a lot going on. And so you have to, like I if I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't have had the time to do what I do. And when Alex Gray met me, he literally. He recognized me like we had never met before, quote unquote, but he recognized me, recognized me. Now, and you mentioned 
sorry to cut you off, but you mentioned okay. earlier Alex Gray talked about this great turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Please remind me of that. I just want to, I feel like one of, I just yesterday was watching how they just released this awesome arcade machine. I finally have been kind of dabbling into the tool Reddit, which is awesome. So uh, what I was, what I had the realization just yesterday of was that I'm like, there are so many wonderful people here. Like, I feel like this real sense, like I've never before, like the consciousness on the, on the community side is rising and I am also preparing myself to be a better version so that I can serve truly. And I just was like, wow, I feel like I'm going to be someone who is recognized in this community as like, I just, I'm a cult fan, the guy, Nathan Lee, who does the holy, I'm recognized as the holy gift. And I just saw this arcade machine that was covered with fear inoculum art and it plays games and like plays tool songs, I guess. Like, I'm like, wow. And I just, I feel like that might be like one of my rules in this lifetime. It, it, it came very clearly to me. Like, I'm like, I think this is. Well, and I think it's a, you're, you're a wonderful bridge because a lot of people recognize the symbolism at play with tool and yeah. they don't have the, the equipment in their mind to, to decipher it because we've been left like we discussed in our previous conversation, like sleeping masons, right? We're all sort of pseudo initiated into this esoteric culture, unaware. It's all in our subconscious. So these sort of ideas that tool hints at are sort of laid in the fabric of who we are as, as maybe just Americans or at least Westerners. And, and, you know, when someone like yourself can come and say, Hey, here's the code, here's how we've, we've deciphered it. It's, it's immensely powerful. It, it adds another layer and it helps Tool because Tool can't come out with their own oh, no, code they, they cracking. They get so pissed off if you ask them questions about it. Oh, I'm sure. And, and, and that's the magic of what they're doing. If they recognize it, then if they not recognize, I'm sure they recognize it, but if they acknowledge it, it almost sort of eliminates the true potency that's at play when, when it's available for someone like you to come along and decipher it, Nathan Lee. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same if, if they came out and said it, it needed to go through the process. I wasn't even the one, again, shout out to Phil Real. I think it's R-I-E-H-L. He was the one who originally discovered the holy gift ordering itself. I always, 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 it's very important to me to give him credit because again, it shows that it's a community. There are others out there. We are not alone. Make yourself the best version of yourself, not in a way that is false love and light, like not Luciferian and not Aramonic, but make yourself the best version of yourself, man or woman or however it goes. And make sure that you are presenting that best version of yourself because we're going to need one another. But I do feel like Tool literally as a, meta, a metaphysical impact has provided us with these tools. I was going to joke and say like, I'm, I'm basically the tool shed. I just have the tools connect, can, you know, collected in the tool shed. And I think it's important that people realize that like, when we talk about who's going to be of that 50% that remain, I mean, pretty much everyone's going to be listening to tool. It's a, it's a kind of a joke at that point when I say like that, but I'm not that I'm not even, I, I don't think I'm kidding that much. Like that level of awareness will be uh, ye who is wise as serpents, gentle as doves and tools music ap uh, appeals to that level of consciousness. And I think that's part of the warp and wolf fit, you know? It's one of the one of the best bands out there, and I've never really identified as a 
tool fan because mm-hmm. then I, I've seen the consciousness of where it used to be at. And it's very, it was very like opiate undertow. Like, but mm-hmm. then I've seen it like slowly, especially I, from my perception around when Fear Inoculum was released, then it kind of started to get to Anima and then it rapidly spiraled to Lateral's Holy Gift level. And now it's like spiraling up to like Fear Inoculum level. And I'm, I, I just hope that I am doing my part to serve that process. I well, and, really and could hope. that be, could that be like the alchemization where they started with lead? They captured the essence of that grunge leftover that Kurt Cobain left in his wake, right? This CIA, you know, drugged culture, right? I mean, that's what yeah. mu- the music culture was. You're familiar with Dave McGowan. They literally refer to, I've heard them refer to Cobain. I think Danny Carey said he was just some kind of like junkie or something. It's interesting that they use the same term for Johnny Depp. Well, and maybe not, maybe not just Kurt, but a lot of others that were prominent in that scene. I mean, um, Lane Staley, you know, and, and unfortunately that kind of stuff we've learned was pushed on the artists from the, from, from the people who were, yeah, it was, it wasn't that these folks are just, you know, cause I think that's the misnomer that the, the youth, picks up is like oh the drugs make oh. you talented you know oh. it's like no 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 you're talented and then these spooks come along and drug you because the they're trying to sell drugs mm, right 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 and we've we've definitely entertained that here before we've had several different guests on who've battled with drug addiction and overcome it and and i think it's really powerful actually there's a lot of podcasters who are sober individuals and and I'm not sober. I smoke plenty of cannabis, so probably haven't been sober for about 10 years, but I respect that journey. And I, and I appreciate that people speak bravely from that position in this culture. That's so overwhelmingly sedated, you know, that's true. And uh, sobriety has its own egregore. Especially, mm. I just ate some spicy pickles. So excuse me if my voice is going crazy. They're, they're delicious. I love pickles. The book infinite chest. By Dave, oh wow, they're spicy. Infinite by Jest Foster, by David Foster Wallace mm. about the addiction community and about it's, it's it's an allegory for it's part of his own life. It actually takes place in Boston, all across around here. That's a book that I feel like is connected to my story in a way. It's just like an amazing, amazing book, and I'm not going to spoil anything. But if you have read it, please smile wryly when you hear me talk about how I couldn't help it but it smelled delicious. And uh, yeah, talk about getting your mind blown. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I know uh, that book was written using the Srebrenica diagram. Okay. Which is this, like infinite, like incursive or reflexive triangular motif, which moves you throughout the book. But I mean, that it's just one of the best books that I've ever read. It's just absolutely incredible. And of course, David Foster Wallace himself allegedly, most likely did end his own life as well, unfortunately. So... That's the, uh, that's the danger of genius and genies and Dijin and not being in control of your own mental palace in your heart, especially your heart. The, the mind can be deceived. The heart cannot. So always use your heart. If I could offer one piece of advice that I am sure about, use your heart to make your decisions. Not being emotional, like that's a different thing. Using your heart to guide you, your heart will never be deceived. Evil can only make you afraid. That's its ultimate trick. It can only try to corrupt your innocence so that you become afraid. That's the only way that evil can ever really do. You know, I remember Keenan, Maynard James Keenan, 
Menard, James Cannon, talked about in a dream that he had that there was this iron spike coming towards him, like this wall of spikes. And he said, you know what, let's get this over with. And he charged like an Aries that he is right into it in the dream. But that's the kind of thing. You must be fearless. And that's why fear inoculum is the ultimate. Why do people take the thing? They were afraid that the one, two sucker punch. Why did they take it's the jab? Seriously, you're changing the terminology. Hello should be a insight right there. But it was because you were if you did that, you were afraid. And John, John Rappaport talks about and I want people and this will be in the notes too, the copious notes. John Rappaport, and I expect, like, seriously, before you communicate with me after this one, please do your due diligence. I have my own things going on. Please do your due diligence and read these articles, absorb this information. If you need to pay $6 to listen to this podcast by John, do it. You can cancel your Substack afterwards. But the idea is that he talks about what if viruses aren't even real? Okay, boom, shakalaka, swallow that one. Oh, I'm serious. I'm like, there. I mean, I'm. Yeah, I'll no, tell know, you I what. Know, I know. I'm talking to the audience. Like, I'm, like <laughs> this is this is. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I, I've I've had this suspicion, and I've kept it close to my chest for a while because I hadn't had a reason to share it with anyone until 2019, and and then I realized, oh, saying this is just going to make my family think I'm crazy. So, which Yo. mission accomplished? <laughs> no doubt. No, but it's important because, and that's, and it's hard. I had to listen to his podcast. He has a two-parter. I had to listen to that like several times to kind of like rearrange the furniture, so to speak. Mm. Well, I, I have experiences as a kid, just mm -hmm. being dirty from being in the woods and feeling as healthy as I've ever felt. And yes. it was, it was when I became a video gamer for a short time in high school and I stayed inside and that was the only time in my youth that I was ever bedridden with an illness was around yep. that same time that I decided, okay, I'm going to spend an absorbent amount of time yeah. at a video game, you know, console. So yeah, that the was the time I ever got was sick was the only time I ever got the flu. All right. Which I, I got to break down the, maybe that's like, maybe that's like them saying, lose your F you flu. I don't know. <laughs> flew over the cuckoo nest. Well, or just in it and stay there. But yeah, homie, I only got sick when I took that. That's the only time I'm a very healthy individual. And that's why I'll just, I'll, I will choose to repeat the lines, bless this immunity. Mm, right. Right. And we, we have talked about this before, but some weird things have happened since. And there are also some loose ends that we didn't tie up from our last conversation. Okay. But you asked me to remind you about Alex Gray and the Great Turn. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, everyone's, people can make themselves familiar with this most recent, by the way, this is like DM Turner is the name of that figure. Eventually, I think it got named after the album was released, if I, if I remember correctly. And I don't mind hearing from respectful people who have the best intentions in mind reaching out to me, like, reach out to me with love in your hearts because I am very sensitive. And if you want to communicate, if that's your aim then, you know, be, be, be kind and no need to rewind. So basically Alex Gray was at Justin Chancellor's birthday tool concert on the 19th of November, which is like a 93, 93, which is also the connection between Bina and Yassad, but that's a whole other thing. So basically I was there and Alex was literally like counterpoint to me, like, 
where he was on stage was directly in front of where my seats were. So if you ever watch a video of the New York show from 2019, Alex Gray, where he's sitting, if you're going to, that, that's me up in the stands. Like, dude, ah, it's Alex, Alex, what's up? I know that guy. He gave me a name. Holy shit. So basically, yeah, I know, right? That escalated quickly. The idea <laughs> is that on that day, they were actually, I believe that was the show that they premiered that at, or some, there was something special about the light show that day where they had the character rotating like that. And that's called DM Turner. And that's just one aspect of the art. There's a downward spiral gar- spiraler guy and an upward spiraler guy version. One is connected. What differentiates them is one is connected in a hierophantic manner to the god, like Mark was talking about his own connection. The other guy's mind is blown. He's blown it from worrying. He literally cooked his own mind, so to speak. That character is known as DM Turner. And the, the way to set the artwork up just for the, I, I still need to, purchase the vinyls and they actually just released a nut like they did with the cd a second version of the vinyl because musicians gonna make money homie seriously that's where you make your monies on your merch largely that's where i learned from porcupine tree to actually know which end up so i know what i'm basing when i go forward and i will say this the torch is held which is a seven too. the torch the promethean the consciousness the jacob's ladder he has the dna with the consciousness with the flame and the flame is a whole other thing in tantra and your tantian so Basically, that's pointing towards the upward spiraler. So the people who are upward spiraling in this, and, and I'm going to correct as I go, as I learn more, as I have more gnosis, but basically that's talking about how the people who keep the flame alive, because if the human spirit goes out, that's it to put gone forever. No, no more. So we can't have that. And the people who are getting the chem, if you want to remind me about the chemtrails or the chem spray and how that relates to prana and how that's dumbing us down from our spiritual connection as well, because the spirit is to respire, to breathe. Yeah. No wonder people are like, well, this guy, he can do the thing with the tool thing. I'm like, yes, that's why I'm here. Uh, that's one of the reasons the Holy gift is here. What up? But DM Turner has that. And that is the seven. That is also the number of the, the album with the seven with Tempest and stuff like that. We'll get to another time, but I just want to make it clear too. That a triangle is a seven, a seven, and a seven, like Lucky Seven Insurance in Twin Peaks Three, and that is the seven, seven, seven is lo- the L's as well. That is the love, light, and life. That is the the holy trinity, so to speak, of the upward spiral, or just that's a holy trinity in a sense. So that seven, seven, seven is the LLL is the love, light, and life. And Mark Stavish has revealed that basically in the Rosicrucian works which used to be a lot more dank and also like our lodge, Johannes Kelbius, that name's familiar to all of Susquehanna. Our lodge, uh, I, I just, I'm not going to speak about this. I just, there's no, I can't go to there because you know what I'm talking about? The, 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 the restrictions show me that there's something not kosher. And so basically though, the Rosicrucian, like 1915, like Amork even, like, and I know you mentioned like other, but so this specifically Amork, and I'm talking about Mark's reference on the Illuminati Confirmed podcast, the other Rosicrucian, I'm only speaking about the one with Harvey Spencer Lewis. This was much more potent and profound and powerful. And needless to say, it's the seventh, eighth and ninth degrees Mark was actually talking about. And I'm actually, of course, at my seventh degree right now, taking that. And he talked about if people really knew what they were doing, I believe this was either in his Institute for Hermetic Studies, Unfolding the Rose Program, which is free, which I will also give notes for, but, or it was in his Egregore's book or his Between the Gates book. Those are the only two gates books I have by him right now, but two makes a gate. So that's great for Nate the Great. The point is, is that before I lapse into some kind of poetic soliloquy here, too late, but basically when you look at the 
777, that is the celestial sanctum. And he says, if you sufficiently understood the power within that one practice, which is like the first thing they give you, you would already be pretty much like, all, like that's that's one of the highest adept, like as far as I understand what he's saying. So yeah, and I've, I've started to actually like take sessions with him, which I mean, when you're ready, the teacher will appear. But if you're a student who needs to be reformed, my God, prepare to humble thyself because your shit's going to get humbled. Mm. That's why I began the way I did today. Mm. Yeah, no, and, and we had an interesting beginning here today, but we were talking on the phone earlier and I was looking up at the sky as you were coincidentally talking about chemtrails and prana. So you just... Oh, right. Yeah, you yeah, just asked me to remind you of that. So what, yeah, what were your thoughts giveaway. on that? That's my, that's my meditative insight that I had was that one of the main things, and that's why I mentioned spire and respiration and breathing, was mm. that I had this influx of, and, and please take this for what you will, but like people talk about what are they doing up there? Why is that happening? And Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, there's like these deformed babies in a future timeline that are, it's like, oh, the, all the chemicals they were spraying. And it's just like one of those things that seems to be like super, as the pixies would say, hush, hush. They were just so quiet about it. But basically... Because the Tool and Pixies are pretty much like those two bands are like so an import combined tree for the T and the P. So the point is, is that I think it's affecting our prana. Ultimately, that's one of the main assassination weapons, if you will, is basically like your prana is your ability to have that connection, your chi, your, your life force, that which is subtle and actually is profoundly implicative of deeper levels. And uh, Craig Williams was talking about just breathing into different areas is how you can access different planets. Because I have always known that... Just like I, I think I broke down what the real moon landing spell was. I've always known that you don't go into space with rockets. That's bold. That's that's absolute. I mean, take for what I say. Take, you know, this, find out for your own gnosis, please. But that's not how space travel works. That's literally not real. I'm not saying if things are flat or not. I don't have that level of awareness. But I will say that you don't get into space that way. Space. You get into space. They get into spat like they do in Fringe or like they do in Stranger Things. That's how that works. Take it for what you will, but that's my understanding. So when the spray is happening, maybe it's partially blocking out with strontium, barium, thorium, or whatever it is, but it's blocking out ultimately our ability to have spire, to, you know, like spear out, like the uh, Final Fantasy or like Numa, as Tool puts it. So, like, the first track is you don't want to breathe a light of the others fear the light fear the others fear the others for eternity that's what the isolator of the heart chakra attack by keeping us separated as people have observed for six feet away six feet under you're you're, you're the walking dead See, instead of vertically it's it's horizontally so if what i'm saying rings true to you again i'm not the teacher i'm the student mark stavish is the teacher craig williams is a guide these are people that I deeply am grateful for to the point of my Pisces rising suddenly getting very emotional. But I am very, very much inclined to say that if you want to learn more, guys, I need you. We have to we don't have to do anything, but I wish for others to be meeting me at this level on the level, so to speak. And the way to do that, especially if you're not like super down with any, you know, follow your own path. But Mark Savage's Institute for Hermetic Studies could certainly use your support as well as you could use its support. So please, everyone who listens to this, if you would, I mean, I'm not going to say this is how I'm going to say it. I don't want your money. I mean, I 
hell, I mean, I, I do, I want your money, but like, I want you more importantly to give some donation to Mark Stavish rather than me. I shouldn't say that I don't want your money because everyone who's self-sufficient says, yes, I want your money. And it's like the Mofax thing. It's like, almost something about that $100 bill. I'd almost rather have a new $100 bill than a it's more beautiful than a woman, you know? So like, that's, that's my attitude. I'm not trying to like put any bad juju on my own earnings. I'm just simply trying to show you the order of operations for me that I believe Mark's got it way more together than I do right now. Mark Stavish specifically, just so many Marks, like Mark Divine, who wrote Unbeatable Mind. But uh, basically, yeah, I would encourage everyone who listens to this, just send a dollar to Mark's, Mark's uh, Institute for Hermetic Studies. And then also pay Mark's, uh, Mark and Nathan Lee as well. It's, it's also the thing to do but uh, yes there's something very self-sacrificial about the pisces rising energy that's just like coming out in this but yes no i do want your money i don't want to be putting the wrong impression out there but i want in this one instance to have you donate to institute for hermetic studies especially can you look at this just before we do you see my shirt or maybe you could start you can talk i don't care it's do you see my shirt today yeah it's uh, nor the sphinx okay which is a which is also my little uh, deity head here hmm. that's my name rearranged geometrically really Are so recording now yeah we're recording oh good 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 so um, so you have the same geometrical value by name as akhenaten using kolel which is a particular using kolel which is a particular method which literally you can swap one letter that's to the side of the other letter like c and b a vowel is not counting because vowels themselves According to this gematria rules, which I didn't make up, and the vowel is a different is different substance altogether than the consonant. But kolel even sounds like a C or an, a K and an L. If you if you smooth over the L to the K from Lee to K, so it'd be like Nathan Key, which is kind of cool too. You get Akhenaten using kolel. And you get Leviathan using a similar way of doing that as well. But that's that's more of my own stretch on that because you have to turn an N into a V, which I do by switching it upside down. And then, you know, turning a U and a V isn't hard. It's the same Latin V's or, you know, the U's, but yes, Akhenaten and Leviathan using those little tricks. And I, I, in my, in my way of looking at things, it's absolutely connected. It's relevant or it is resonant. So that's an interesting thing because Akhenaten and Leviathan have myriad implications in of their own. So anyway, Mm. I thought I'd, while we're doing the Akhenaten thing. Yeah, I mean, Akhenaten historically brought monotheistic religion to a polytheistic Egypt, and he's also claimed by the ancient alien theorists to possibly be an alien. I mean, obviously, that's that's kind of a silly show to reference when we try to take a more serious approach. I don't rest many of my judgments on what ancient alien says or doesn't say. But right. whenever you talk about Akhenaten, people often bring that up, the, the misshaped head. But what are your thoughts on Akhenaten, the actual historical figure? Well, he was also the third. Mm. He is revered in certain sects of esoteric schools for not just the monotheistic association. That is in of itself something that I have on my path wondered like, is monotheism, is this like what I, is? do I resonate with that? Do I resonate more of a pagan archetype with the uh, pan and the nature spirits and, you know, Hecate at times I've, I've dabbled in Hecate worship in the past, just, you know, full disclosure and, you know, done, done different dream path workings with like Kefra 
and Morpheus and, you know, other, as I mentioned, the Astaroth stuff before. And so I, for me, I'd say the jury is out like, like Odin, it's a hung jury, jury, but, but, but it is a, it is, it is something that I am not entirely sure of, but I do believe in as if there is an ultimate, uh, like that's my name for the, the original God. Like it's a Trinity, but I do kind of get more on with the Gnostic side of things these days. Mother Sophia, uh, Yahushua as a, as a great current, as a, as, as someone who I find very much value in the idea of Yahushua. Um, there's, there's so much more that I, I still am learning, especially when I think of how Alex is Buddhist and Allison's Jewish and I have a quarter Jewish and they took the whole tip, but up, up, that's my joke. But uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot more that, that are, that are, you know, I'm tempted to quote Shakespeare, but you know, as far as just Akhenaten himself, I don't, I don't, I mean, my, my hair even kind of like looks like the headdress right now. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's more to be discovered there. I don't have an answer right now. No worries. Just sort of off topic tangent that we got into jumping back into what you were saying before you were given a, a very nice endorsement of Mark Stavish's work, but sure. maybe this is a good opportunity to go into a different direction because you just mentioned Hecate and I've heard her associated with Walter Bosley's work. I, I don't know how familiar you are with Walter Bosley, but he describes this mystery in San Bernardino, California, as relating to Hecate and her wheel in a very strange, almost sacrificial way where a certain number of people were found mysteriously dead. And the, the theory that he posits is that maybe this was a secret group making sacrifices to Hecate, and there was even word that Aleister Crowley had made his way through the area at that same time. But what are your thoughts on Hecate? I know you are not participating in any human sacrifices. I can say that for sure. No, it's, it's it's a Wednesday. No. <laughs> so what was your experience like? You, you said it as if it was past tense, like it's something you don't do anymore. Is there yeah, a reason no, for uh, that? It, well, when I was when I was searching more when I was a couple of years ago, I, I think a lot of people kind of like had post 2012, like stuff started to kind of shift. And one of the things I did, cause we have, you mentioned New England when we were just chatting before and we're, we're right beneath where New Hampshire is, which is where Christopher Zach runs the temple of witchcraft. And since there are a few metaphysical stores in this area, oh yeah, we got, we got a, oh, neat. Uh-huh. Yeah, I got a couple of his. But, he um, used to come and do talks at the local crystal shop near me. Yep. And uh, I got this book like while he was there. I, I yep. met him. Yep. His temple, I've met him and a lot. I think his Adam was uh, back then uh, one of his helpers, uh, Virgo. So, that, you know, it's very, it's very, it's lighter energy, more Luciferian, so to speak. Hmm. Yeah. And that book got, I, I I just showed was it's titled Ascension Magic and yep. I, I bought it I thought it was interesting I never really practiced any of the the techniques inside but the part that I did really find fascinating was he has several different character languages and all the different characters so you can go and write you know translate your own sort of spells if you want to write it in Inakian or the the other one that's strange is like the language of the wind or something like that 
So he has okay. these, and I never, and he also has a crop circle language. So I never put too much stock into them being like actual languages, but the Enoch one matches up with what I found in a book about in magic, right? So yeah, it's, he's always stood out as a, someone who I've been interested in. It's interesting that you brought him up. Alex Gray, Christopher Penzak, it's a sort of like world of New England magicians. And Alex Gray's more of a New Yorker, but still. Yeah, I wouldn't put them in the same category or breath for my own self. Mm. That's just me. That's no, just me. I just mean like for our sake, the two of us have met two characters that have come up in oh, yeah. our conversations. I'm just Absolutely. speaking to the synchronicity of our paths. Osley is another one. I'm familiar with him, but I don't get, I don't go in for his work. I, that's not to say I don't like it. It's just that how much time do you have? And you know what I mean? And, you know, Penzac's like, a, a, again, the Hecate thing was something I discovered through being there when they were doing their August rituals of Hecate. Okay. So that's something iconic. And it's because my friend Robbie from the Robin's Nest was there as one of their oracles. And there was a connection through uh, the Robin's Nest in Bellingham which is like you talk, you spoke about just a second ago with Penzac being at a crystal shop. That's where I basically got into that through. And I met Raven Cormassi at the Robin's Nest before he passed. I was able to give Raven Cormassi of the Italian witchcraft, hereditary witchcraft notability. I was able to give him a rose before he passed, which was a very interesting. It was an important rite of passage in a way. Hmm. I was I was in different witchcraft schools. I was studying with what he calls himself Freighter Xavier, a fellow Pisces rising. So freight, you know, of mind and magic. And actually he just communicated with me like he contacted me last evening or this morning, in fact. So interestingly enough. Hmm. And Freighter Xavier is someone people might be familiar with. But again, I would like to direct everyone to Mark Stavish. Not to any but you only have so much time. So that's what I would say for that. Tempest Fugit Carpe Diem. And so basically Mark Stavish, Mark Stavish, Mark, Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. So basically, right. And so, but yeah, it's it's people who have appeared and you know, they've each done their their best or whatever they were trying to do to contribute. It'll be up to how many wheat and chaff, you know, like what is left after the great turn, so to speak. And I think the most true will remain which is why I try to align myself with the highest and most true, so to speak, just as language. But Okians also don't dabble with that if you're not prepared. That's that's a really bad idea to put that into a book like that. In my humble estimate, as a beginner, that's not helping. That's causing people to jump into the volcano before they learned how to swim or something like that. <laughs> yeah, as if we could swim in lava. But yeah, I hear what you're saying. I Exactly. I yeah, I, I hope I haven't written too much Enoki and I can't remember, but yeah, John D, he didn't seem like a a savory character, so. Well, I don't know, but I just have to make a joke. John D's nuts. But uh, basically, yeah, un unhear that. Edward Kelly was his scryer. He was the less savory of the two, as the story goes. Mm. I'm grateful to Jason Lube's work. He's a, he's a brother Basin as well, or at least he was at the time, but I still believe he is, or I believe he still is. Both of those statements. But yeah, he wrote Empire of Angels. And uh, just an interesting side note, then I'll, then I'll definitely bring us back into like the, the, the main seven. I was part of his angelic ritual that he did when his book Empire of Angels came out. He had a certain amount of people. He said, okay, we're going to be for the launch of this book. For those of you who pre-ordered it, you will be access, you will be available or you will have available to you and you will have accessible to you a ritual or a, a working that I will be doing for the launch of the book. And at the last minute, 
Now, I'm not telling how I used I used to preface this by saying, here's how to not do this. But he may have had his own internal reason. There may have been reasons for this, but only those who are like who switched their name on his user site to all capital letters, angelic Nathan Lee Miller Foster, for my example, or angelic, you know, Jason Louvre, whoever was there. If you didn't go in and switch that, he didn't send you the link. And there was tons like like so like talk about. So I want to get into this idea of disciples being discerning and how it's very aramonic to have everyone be a Borg to be the same because there's no initiates aren't just everyone. Initiates are very few. And there is only a few you're only going to have like you don't just I'm without going on a tangent, I'll just simply say. You have to be discerning. You have to have discrimination. Yes, else it is else nothing is real. Like go if you don't have discernment or discrimination as above, so below, then you know, go I'm not telling people to do this, but go eat some poop or something. You're not gonna eat poop. All right, unless you're eating bugs. So basically, you're not gonna go eat anything or anyone. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But anyways, and I meant that sexually, not not cannibalistically, but now I see what I just said. So forgive me for being vulgar. But the point is, is that you're not gonna just let anything in. You're not gonna like, hey, this is a nice looking nail. Let me just enter into my hand with that. You know, it's like, no. So you are discerning and discernment's good. And it goes for the quality of people that you have in your life too. You don't want people mucking up your energy. And so there's a whole other thing to that. But basically, Craig Williams and Mark Stavish talking about discernment and discipleship is what that made me think of. But yes, as far as to bring it back to John D and, you know, Newport, Rhode Island, the Newport Horologium with Jim Egan, of course, bring it back to New England. You know, even even the time itself, telling the time of day is a manner of discerning. It's like, well, I'm not going to call my friend at three in the morning because I am not an asshole. So it's like discernment matters. Discipleship only can occur when one is discerning and discriminating. So, you know, take all of what I just said and let's pretend I answered a question. I know the seven topics. It's it's good advice. And I think that's something that people should begin to realize when they listen to podcasts, you know, you're, you're definitely taking on another person's energy and you should be discerning as to where that may be leading. I always felt that way about certain channel material right because we're supposed to trust that this person is channeling an entity that's all well and good but how do we know that that entity isn't fooling the person that they're using to channel this message how do we know that entity is even what it says it is so usually you know my suspicions are generally drawn when people make those kind of claims and whatnot but also right i try to let things come in and bounce off in a way that I allow myself to find meaning in what's happening and let that stick with me rather than the message itself. You know, my interpretation and, and that's where discernment comes in, right? You want to be able to bless it. Everything is a lesson mm. for, the, for the initiate. Everything is if, if pleasant or unpleasant. And, so, and some of the most important ones are unpleasant. You know, mm, right. And again, I'll, I want to just to your point, like the people who don't do that often go through like a thing where they flip it and they turn into cancer, cult, cancer. See, I was like, cancel. It's, it's a can It might as well call it cancer culture. It's cancel culture. But those those people who participate in that, they notice how it's me, too. Like I am a Borg, too. I am a Borg, too. You know, let's all be parasites. You know, basically, those people are they're not going to be here in by 2040. 
Like uh, that's just my bolt. That's our New Englander kind of ah, you know, that's that. Like, yeah, they're not gonna make it. They're going somewhere else. And Godspeed on their journey, but they're you know, Godspeed you whack emperors, but you're not gonna be a, you're not gonna be around for Silver Mountain Zion just to kind of throw nerdy music left and right. But yeah, no, those that's what happens. If you're not discerning, you're gonna be cold. Mm. Yeah. And that's why people turn up to a show like this, you know, I hope, you know, my family thinks I'm crazy and so does theirs. And we're all in this together, figuring this out. And, and yeah, I hope this show doesn't make people feel like they need to, you know, stick around. You know, this is sort of a get what you need out of it type of thing. I'm not desperately hoping that every single listener of my show listens forever. I hope that they get value out of it share some value back my way if they're inclined and do what they will. You know, I'm not trying to be anyone's guru. I don't need followers. You know, I barely maintain the Instagram that we have and for the show and, and we're really not on any other social media platform aside from Twitter, which a nice little robot posts stuff for me on Twitter through my I, website. I hate Twitter so much. <laughs> I, I quit Twitter on 11.11 to make a point. Uh, I'm one of the bots on Twitter. My account is basically a bot made by my podcasting host and it just tells people when my podcast episodes come out. So yeah, I'm, I'm not in the position to, to become anyone's guru, but that's where some of these authors unfortunately get to, because maybe they start off with some really brilliant insight and they get carried away and then they realize, Oh, I'm the fountain of this stuff. And that's sort of an erroneous belief i don't know how true that could ever be of one person right you listen to pixies at all because he says like the lyrics from head carrier which are it's actually i forget the specific saint that is but keenan uh, what's not a keenan frank uh, charles kittridge thompson the fourth aka black frank frank black francis sings you're the chosen you're the golden son but i could use a change you're the good but i could even something something finds the end of its age so it's called you might as well be gone or no, the songs might as well be gone. But yeah. And he also has one about Bale or Baalbeck. And he's like, Bale's back. And uh, anyway, great album, I think. Mm. So I just want, I'm going to throw seven quick things at you just as a, as a point. And Please. I have them. I have them all like here, so I'm not going to forget them. But Mark Stavish interviewing William Hodson. Mark, Ar- excuse me, Martin Armstrong, 50% Depop by 2040 AI model of Socrates predicts. Now here's the one I wanted to get. This is what chugged my me- something in my memory, ran my memory, something. John Rappaport, he talks about how as a writer, you have to be a real, you have to just be who you are. And so I wrote this awesome poem the other night. It was very liberating. I'm not going to go into any more detail, but I, I, I'm, I am a real, I'm a, I'm a real boy. So anyways, <laughs> dude, I could actually do really, if anyone needs this, I'm supposed to, Miguel, my, one of my mentors re- reminds me, he's like, dude, you should be telling people you, I'm like, so I do astrology readings and we'll, we'll kick this at the end of it too, but I also can do voice, voiceover stuff. Yeah, I was going to, I thought you were going to say that because I know Miguel yeah. does that. And I was going to comment at some point that you sound like the uh, like narrator from Adult Swim at some point, especially when you put the, you know who I'm talking about? The, the, like the commercial narrator for Adult yeah. Swim. Like, I think it's like Space Ghost or some kind of character like that. His name is George Lowe, Captain Beefy. Yes. No, I love George Lowe. He's a, he's a, he's a, he likes folk art. 
and he lives in, I believe, Florida or maybe in Georgia. But yeah, Captain Beefy. Hey, no, you man, can definitely um, pull that off. All right, so get get in touch with the occult fan, Nathan Lee, for all your voiceover and astrological needs. Or your erotic voiceover, astrolog- <laughs> erotic astrological voiceover, erotic. All right, like vulture, subculture. But you were about uh, to bring so- something up. Oh, yeah? You were, remember? Oh, you were I going am, into... I am, I am, yeah, Go I'm ahead. just doing that. So John Rapp, so number three, three's the number. John Rappaport, that's J-O-N-R-A-P-P-O-P-O-R-T, mm-hmm. on viruses that don't exist is the name. Gigi Young, I wanted to throw light on because Gigi, what up, Aries? Gigi Young on Vanna von Braun. And Elon Scum, Scum, Musk, Scum, Scumbag, Musk, Mars, I, 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 I don't care. Musk, Mars, transhumanism. So what's, is there life on Mars? The answer is not human, not <laughs> non-transhuman. But also when they say Mars, that's Gavura or the sphere of Gavura, which is across from Jupiter, which is Gadula. Uh, something like that. Yeah, because you go from Akita, you go from Keter to Malkut. And then, you know, so those are my very early learnings into magic. But anywho, Dark Journalist is number five. So Mark Stavish, Martin Armstrong, John Rappaport, Gigi Young. We're putting together the Power Rangers, folks. And Dark Journalist on UFO slash UAP, the rebranding, just like jabs were the rebranding from Event 201 in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. If you can keep up with all this jazz, and to the listener, I'm saying this, you can pause, go back and listen. But a dark journalist on UFOs, which are, you know, oh, yo, it might even be like today or something, the 1952 UFO flap. That's around this time of year. But plus Atlantis, jizz, jizz all over the lane, Maxwell, who just got put away for only 20. And, you know, make sure those security cameras are working, darling, because you're going to need them. <laughs> they'll get you even choose lane they're gonna get you even without the cameras girl it's what you get sorry that's darker side hold on anywho plus atlantis she knew she used speaking of new hampshire just lane maxwell used the name janet atlantis to rent her house so to finish the list miguel connor plus esoteric slash gnostic theosophical christianity which is something that i've been kind of looking into and rudolph steiner and knowledge of higher worlds and their attainment the actual book itself, because the Alex Gray work on Fear Inoculum looks very much like one of the covers of Knowledge of the Higher Worlds and its attainment with the electric connection to the God force and stuff like that. Oh, my God. Do you have it? Yeah, I have two copies of that book. You can mail one to me because I don't have any. <laughs> but I've been listening to the YouTube for like over a year now. It's taken me. It's really woof. Woosa. But you gotta join my. Stuff. You gotta join my best friend book club on the Patreon if you want me to send you a book. I'm actually sending. I sent some out at the beginning of this week, and I'm sending some more packages out this week. So people, when this comes out, you might have a package on your doorstep. Go check. As long as it doesn't say from Ted K. But up, up. I got jokes. I got jokes. I got jokes. So we got um, we got Mark Stavish, Martin Armstrong, John Rappaport, Miguel yep. Connor, Gigi Young, Atlantis. I know I'm missing a few, but Gigi Young, someone asked me if you could spell that because there's quite a few spellings. And when you type in Young, like Carl Young, you get C.G. Young, which is Carl Gustav Young. So at first I'm like, is he talking about C.G. Young? Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. And by the way, like I've been when I talk about you, I'm like, you are so impressive for like the age that you're at. I'm very, very it's edifying. It is edifying to see this. Like I am hopeful. Well, sir, I am hopeful because that's, that's, that's proof that we are, that's, we, we got this. As I like to say, that's my, we got this. 
Thank so, you. Mark Stavish, Martin Armstrong, John Rappaport, Gigi Young, that's G-I-G-I, like the movie, Young, like Y-O-U-N-G, Forever Young. And she's the one who's talking about Vanna von Braun, the paperclip Nazi that Disney brought over. Well, it, the, the, he worked with Walt Disney, that is to say, to fake the, the space. the spe- And by the way, that recent picture of like... You know, Satan, NASA, whatever they're called, Nazi, whatever they're called, just about the deepest picture of space. I'm like, what? You couldn't zoom in like one millimeter further? <laughs> Once you start to think like a little bit, and also if you look at that go, go ogle, go ogle, you look at the doodle, the do doodle. I don't think it works for that one. But when you look at that, it's like just turn it upside down because we're living in Wonderland world, and you'll see what that is. It's right. it's pretty much the same tank that they put like Olivia or Eleven in. And seven and 11 are both not even, even though the word even is in both of them. Anywho, so let's go here. And by the way, seven plus 11, which is the two is a nine. Okay, enough. So Mark Stavish, Martin Armstrong, John Rappaport, G-I-G-I-Y-O-U-N-G on Van von Braun and Elon, that guy, the cloning guy and a dark journalist on UFO slash Atlantis. That's what you can, what I would encourage people to look up. As well as the final two is just my man, our man, everyone's everyone's favorite Gnostic, Miguel Connor. And I was saying in connection to my personal path of becoming more interested in esoteric slash Gnostic uh, theosophical Christianity, which after listening to Craig Williams, I'm like, you know, I need to slow my roll because totally still beginning. And then I, I wanted to mention Rudolf Steiner, Steiner, Steiner on the knowledge of higher worlds and their attainment. There's so many literary literary illusions that Keenan uses. I believe that he's familiar with that book, as well as that book about Huey Long, who was a politician that was a Democratic version of Donald Trump, who was a Democrat for most of his life anyways. And there was between the diapy and the death shroud, which is why no amount of stench could cover up your, because he's not talking about any particular person. He's talking about the political structure. But if I'm getting a little, if people are like, what the fuck's going on now? Don't worry. I'm pulling it back. Don't forget though, of course, the same author used the Nathaniel Hawthorne reference in unable to forgive your scarlet letterman. And actually because Keenan is the multifaceted genius that he is, there's when the book Scarlet Letter was released, Pluto was on his son. So you have to no, it was like all the things. And so the last one, um, as if that weren't the last one already. No, it was. It was Rudolf Steiner. And uh, that's he's a very important figure and he's a Pisces uh, son himself. But I found out about Steiner when I was at least I, my most vivid. Speaking of the 23, the Vignetti each race, I found out about Steiner when I was 23 in a really weird situation that I am not going to share right now. Oh, cliffhanger. Okay. No big deal there. We, that's fine. We'll just leave people teased. But yeah, I, I, don't, enough. I don't have that book at hand. It's on my shelf somewhere. I'm not going to waste time looking for it. But I do have one of Rudolf Steiner's books, The Origins of Natural Science, in my hand. For people who don't know, he was an Austrian-born man from 1861 to 1925 he lived. And... uh in his wake, he's left a lot of, I mean, an impact on a lot of different subjects from education, philosophy, religion, economics, agriculture, architecture, drama. But one facet that people may know him for is the Waldorf schools, which are sort of interesting. I've heard from past guests who have children in Waldorf schools that they're not what they're cracked up to be. They're sort of just a vessel of what they were meant to be now sort of co-opted by the 
by the jabbers and the lefties, but that sort of thing. But who knows? I mean, it well, can't speak Craig, for every single one. Craig Williams made an interesting note about like the OTOs and even the Satanists and stuff like that. And they're all like, everyone's got to be equal. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. How's that initiation not working for you? <laughs> Because how are, are you implying that you can't be an equal if you're not initiated? Well, there's a level of the, so every, everything has a shadow side to things, but there's also a level like where this can mean one thing here, but it means a different thing here, depending on the dimension. Mm. But it's also like, not to cop out. No, what I was saying directly is that you would expect that people who are like Satanists to like not be so sensitive about the, the, all of the mm. bad. Right, right, malarkey. right. Right. So I, whatever, right? Like, what do I know? Like, I'm, I'm on my path. I'm going to take my path. My path is not going to feed you, but if I can help you, I am happy to. Mm. Right. Right. So dark journalist. Yes. Let's get into dark journalist a little bit. Yes. What is his thoughts on UFOs? Because I have heard his name before, not just from you, but from other guests recommending dark journalist. Is he someone I can get in touch with? Is he so anonymous that we wouldn't have an interview with him? I don't think you're going to interview him just off the bat. Let me say that. But if you're interested in his works, which is equally valuable, then we, if you take by meaning, just his website, darkjournalist.com, sign up for his new, newsletter as the censorship demons advance. Uh, I would encourage people to sign up for his newsletter to find, just to find out through the, what he calls like his pipeline to find out when his shows are going to be or what the guests are coming out. And yeah, no, I, I, I have, I have a lot of love and respect for, for Dan Wise, as I refer to him, for, for Daniel, as most, as everyone else w would, but up to me, he's Dan Wise because I'm Mr. Frodo. Someone gave me that because we were on the chat and it's like, oh, I'm born on Hobbit day. It's like Mr. Frodo. And I'm like, he's Dan Wise. I kind of, the egregore started there and also shout out to Big Sis who is Olivia, her little bro. That's again, a one-on-one -on -one thing. It's not like that's that again, it's discriminating, but it's, uh, it's there. And I, I love them both. I, you know, in my, in my mother's on my midheaven, some parts of me go straight to like, I would protect them no matter what kind of attitude. So like stay, you know, Legion, stay away from my friends. You will not even touch them. If you try, you will fail in a way that you have not imagined. And it will put the fear of God into you. Uh, anyways, that's me being protective and still early on the path. But I love my friends. I love dark journalists, Olivia and dark journalists. I love XFAM. We call each XFAM. And for, of course, for Gigi Young, it's Gigi Fam or G-Force, depending, but Gigi Fam. But yeah, basically... He talks a lot about UFOs and documents the F out of it. He will, anything he says will have documentation. There are points where I digress in agreeing when I see a picture of like, or yes, when I see that, you got to know what they're doing. And when I see that stuff, I'm like, how doth now not seeth the CGI? But that's okay, because that's just me. And I, I find his work more relevant and useful than just like the few times that I've, you know, it's like a 3% versus 97 kind of thing. And uh, yeah, he's he's the real deal on Atlantis, the hot zone. He cracked that. And he has apparently a big show coming up. He's a Chris, and by the way, Chris Mellon and uh, those jokers like Tom DeLong and stuff like that over at the whole like blue chicken operation. You'll know what I'm talking about if you know what I'm talking about. But people putting out this info. Oh, it's time to listen to the CIA. Yeah, no. He had his cousin come on, one of the Mellon family, you know, moneyed families. And he had like his cousin come on and talk about 
you know, what his cousin Chris Mellon was doing, which is all bombastic BS. And basically he'll talk about Atlantis in the hot zone, which is the hot zone brings a whole new level of what was the Cuban Missile Crisis really about. And yeah, dude, no, this is awesome. And uh, John Lennon, who's in, I'm in King Mob Studios here. That's my, this is King Mob. That's how I, this is what King, this is King Mob Studios. I have a picture of John Lennon, who is in the first episode of The Invisibles, Dead Beatles, or it's one of the first, yeah, it's the first one. And so John Lennon actually bought land down in the hot zone because they believe that back then the land was going to rise from Atlantis. But this is, you know, again, tie back just now with Musk doing his weird cloning things. They're not really going to space. Great way to move the ball in the cup thing to make you give them the money for the false things. And then they'll blow up a couple of rockets and that rocket will take your attention and bam, pow, wow, fireworks. I got space, mom. Anyways, so the point is, is that, yeah, I know, right? You get me going and the comedian comes out. But the idea is that John Lennon was buying land down there in in Atlantis, in the Atlantic. And uh, anyways, they believe that land was going to be rising. But this brings us back to jizz all over the face, Maxwell. Sorry, the comedian. I got to calm down now. I got to relax myself here. No, you're bringing up stuff that I haven't heard of before. So I did a quick look. I know... I've seen and I've used this soundbite in the podcast, John Lennon talking about a UFO he's seen. He was standing outside and someone was interviewing him. Seemed like a friend, not like press or anything. But they got it on camera back then, which is cool. And it's on YouTube. You can go and look it up. But King Mob was an English radical group based in London during the late 1960s, early 1970s. Are you referencing this, Nathan Lee? So... It's referenced through the work of Grant Morrison. I run the Invisibles Reading Group. Okay. You've told me that. Me- hmm? I think we've talked about that. Yeah. So King Mob's the main character. Mm. And if I shave my head, I'd look like him. But Grant <laughs> Morrison is actually, you know, I, I wear lipstick from time to time. It's part of my, I'm not a deviant. That is to say, I'm straight, actually. I, I make jokes where I'm like, I'm straight as a circle, but I'm actually. Like not that it, not that it's anyone's business, but I'm more normal in that sense. What do they call it? Cis? Is it Genesis? Because they can actually reproduce. What? <laughs> what? What? All right, you know, just getting a little, getting, I'm getting feisty. But ride the tiger. So the point is, is that evil, Jesus, interesting stuff. So truly interesting. But what I'm saying is that King Mob and Grant Morrison. Grant Morrison's actually coming out with his like other version of himself soon or something he like released a picture with lipstick that's actually almost the same shade that i'm wearing but basically he's going to come out as ludo or something like that or i don't know he's like ooh, coming soon and i'm like you know so i mean like i take the invisibles for what it's yeah i mean like he had people like masturbate to charge it to satan like that's one of the things that like is not really widely talked about so like there's all this like stuff that like i'm like all right i'm doing this now but as i extricate me or as i become more discerning and one thing that we didn't even bring up was like literally that distant from here cern thing which i i jesus you know i mean it could be altering the processional wobble of the medium itself like dr farrell has noted another one that i find a lot of value in but i've just kind of gotten away from but i love doc and i'm glad that he's well now yeah, you can, I, I can hear my love in my voice, so that's good. Now, man, I love Doc, and I, I love our geezars. But the point is, is that King Mob himself was a character that was named after that group, when they even do go back and use that similar, ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's showing, Mark is showing the same book that I have right over there, the Thrice Great Hermetica and the Janus Age. And yes, when I interviewed Doc on my show, 
it was back in February of 2020. And we talked about some of the Nazi UFO stuff. So I'm happy because don't forget in Stranger Things 4, I don't know if we mentioned this because I don't think we, because I was not, so that hadn't been released. But I realized, first of all, the character Steve Harrington and Jonathan, who both love Nancy, that's Jonathan Harrington, a.k.a. my ancestor. Like the Duffer Bros are born seven months and seven days before my birth, like to the day. Mm. And in Stranger Things, I was just going somewhere with the Nina, which is like Nina Sharp in William Bell, a.k.a. Nazi Bell and Nina, which is please, uh, dear listener, dear, gentle, very attractive listener. Very good looking. You're a good, good looking listener. Very good looking listener. <laughs> and a, so when you flip the vowels, like we've when it, when we alluded to earlier, you can replace and mix and match vowels. And so you move the N. So it's the Nina project, which is like dressed up to be like the Nazi Bell. And please just not to worry about things, but like. If you see the thing, like if a character lifts the Nazi bell up in the air and then brings it back down again, she doesn't crumple it up or destroy it. She just lifts it up and brings it back down again. That's what the original Nazi bell could do. But the point is, is that Nina or why am I repeating this Nina project thing so much? Dear listener, visualize or get a pen and paper and pencil and paper, preferably pencil. And what you'll do is you'll write N-I-N-A, and then you'll see that you can flip those two vowels without replacing them even. So N-A-N-I. And then why don't you just go and hyperdimensionally shift that N. N-A-Z-I. It's right there. Um. That is what... Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Damn. Well, I want to take it back to Stranger Things real quick, yes. and then I think we should wrap up because we've already been going for almost two hours now. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you know, I don't want to take up all your day. I know you didn't I have- I do have singing lessons I need to get you yeah. right after this. So. Yeah. So, so, but real quick, I noticed on the Go Ogle Earth when I was playing around with the map, and I highly recommend people go to google.earth and turn on the longitude and latitude settings so you can yeah. see where- the 40th parallel goes and all these things as oh we didn't even talk about that well but here's the thing you just mentioned stranger things and cern is on the same line of latitude as astoria oregon where the goonies takes place and we all know that stranger things has this very pronounced 80s vibe it's just like the goonies a group of kids sort of you know outside of the auspices of their parents doing adventures and things like that and Stephen King's talisman, too. And Stephen King's born the day before I am. Which is the, the talisman. I, which I, is I, why I wanted to bring this yeah. up, because I had a feeling you would also have some other connections to add. Because oh, yeah. me, I just noticed that, and I've never watched Stranger watch. Things, but I have seen The Goonies se uh, several times. Rocky Road! <laughs> I love it. I, I, dude, talk about MK Ultra like trauma programming, like fucking chunking his hand in the blender. Mm, right. Yeah. And one eye Willie, come on now. Yeah. Well, and, and also this, yeah, this gang of people that live in this sort of abandoned sort of section of town and they have this underground connection under their house, you know? So yeah. Tunnels. Yeah. Yeah. Like like Angels and Airwaves did the whole video of tunnels where Tom DeLong like literally flashes the square and compasses. That's that's a weaponization of something that's uh, I don't want to okay. But yeah, no, Todd DeLong is not to be trusted. Like you can take initiation, but not for not for every man does initiation stick. So mm. that's why you hear those horrible stories about like a Mason who wasn't a good person or something. I'm like, that's not how that's I don't like to hear that. But I, you know, I mean, 
you know, it's not a it's not a blame game of like, oh, well, what about cardinal law in Boston and all the children and this, that, the other thing? You know, corruption is corruption. And to have a core rupt is to have a ruptured core. And that is to say your heart is broken. So basically, it's core for French for heart. But um, basically, see, I should just start doing hip hop and just like drop knowledge like that. But anyways, yeah, I can talk fast enough. The point is, is that when you look at Stranger Things, and I love that the Goody's parallel, that's crazy. I actually ordered a copy of Stephen King's The Talisman for $6.06, ultimately 606. And it was from a town that was literally north by like a county of where Stranger Things is supposed to happen. It like really was like one of those. So like in The Invisibles, by the way, they talk about like the life of a magician is connected by these amazing threads of coincidence. And imagine the life of an old magician, like someone who's like really old and like their whole life is one long series of coincidences because of the energy, the prana, they, you know, all auras are vibrating with you, you're an aura putting it out, and then the world has an aura, which is also probably being poisoned by the chem spray. But then everything has an aura from your computer to your to your pets to everything has an aura. So like the, the Pisces rising also, we got the feels. But like that's just something that I want to put in there. There's actually a lot of stuff that I'm just like not getting to. Well, no, and and that's that's fine. That's fine, Nathan but, Lee. I hope to have you back on, and we'll get into more of this stuff. And but yeah, the point on just, the. Um, Go ahead, go ahead. I just want to finish the Stranger Things point because they're talking about what's actually, I believe, I do believe, part of what's happening in our world right now is that, and again, I'm early on the path, so please don't, don't, this isn't something, don't run with this until it, it's, it works for you. But like, I believe that show is like one of the most powerful, it's like a Twin Peaks type show, which has this, again, the same kind of idea of the the possession and the, the other realms are basically becoming much more tangibly fluid and active is what a lot of people think. And this show had in season three, the Hadron Collider type thing where they were breaking open the veil and now they have like the Nazi bell technology in the fourth one. And what ufos might be is just stuff breaking over from that subconscious because ultimately it's all in like everything's like happening inside which is a big like what the hell but and that's why we see all this to bring it back to what you just said about the energy bodies that's why we see these orbs as well you know we see these orbs people say that orbs are sort of like interchangeable almost like a preliminary as it's breaking through this dimension you see it as an orb and then when it goes back you see it as an orb again who knows maybe there's something to that but on the other point about ley lines i mean that's the aura of our earth right so it's not a clapton song right ley lines sorry couldn't help it. i didn't know that well i'm gonna have no, to it's, it's layla it's layla that was making a bad joke <laughs> I have heard that song. I have heard that song. (laughs) We're just going to occult the fuck up. Well, Clapton's still a real man, as is Van Morrison, Mm. for for what real man means. But I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's okay. And all I'm saying is, is there are many connections right into the fabric of this earth, you know, and from our bodies. And that's why they're trying to spray aluminum, barium, strontium, and who knows what else on us in the sky, eliminating that sweet sweet ass pranas our friend ralph smart well my friend ralph smart i've never interviewed him but i do like his videos but that sweet sweet ass prana that we all need to just breathe in you know take a deep breath and i mean if you live in a city maybe you got to go and drive a little bit to take a nice deep breath 
but it is what it is you know maybe you need to change up where you're living right i mean i i, I know i know for a fact you spend a lot of time in the woods i try oh, to yeah. go out as much as possible because that's where these insights happen you were about meditating an hour, about an hour about an hour a day to be honest with you i'm a very i mean my, my last one of my last names is forest basically forest you know yeah when you look about the stuff that's being you just made me like realize like this is like where people are like you know, oh, they said this or oh, this and downward spiral it goes. I believe that something that's getting sprayed is to make you more connected to mm. this. So I'm pointing at a smartphone, but you could say any device, any portal into that really dark mirror. Right, right. The internet, the dark mirror of the internets. Nathan Lee Miller Foster. Damn, brother. Another fantastic, excellent conversation all over the place but that's okay that's why we we're, we're making these diagrams so i'm going to share the diagrams with people so that way they won't hit me up and say oh could you ask him to spell this out and because we did get a, a bunch of people who were very curious about a lot of the things you said and it's well, good though yeah that's, no that's it's it's a great sign i mean normally we don't get that much of a response from an episode about the subject itself usually it's just like Great episode, great episode, but you clearly stoked the curiosity of the audience in a, in a different way, in a unique way. So I'm here to serve. I really <laughs> am. No, I, I really, I want to say to everyone listening, like you guys, you're all individually capable. You have the power within you. Okay. Like you are powerful. Let nothing ever take that away from you. In jujitsu, it's getting someone off of their center. That's what evil tries to do. But you have the power. Cultivate yourself. Be discerning. If this message is getting to you, you got a chance. You got a choice. I want you to live your highest best possible. That's why I, I, I'm resonating with what's happening because I really am putting that out there. So it's and, working. It's good to hear that. And you've just inspired the evolution of my tagline because I normally say enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now to finish this. But now I think I need to change it to immerse yourself wherever you are in the now. backtracking for this podcast was provided by today's guest Nathan Lee Miller Foster alright and that is another episode with Nathan Lee Miller Foster it's a pleasure to have him back on the show I hope you enjoyed this episode last episode we got some mixed reviews some people really loved them some people really didn't and that's fine we're not going to have guests on the show that everybody agrees with and we're not going to have uh, unanimously loved guests every episode and that's fine this is the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast so please don't judge i appreciate everyone so much for all the support i'm glad that the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast has grown to be your favorite podcast make sure you recommend it to a friend Give us a positive five-star review on iTunes. Tell us what you think. That helps the show grow. 
And of course, a one-time donation or a subscription to our Patreon or our Rockfin. You get all sorts of bonus content on our Patreon, audio episodes, video episodes. And if you just want the video episodes, go over to Rockfin. We got them all on Rockfin. And for one low monthly fee, you get my podcast and dozens others. Dozens more, I should say. So Rockfin's a pretty awesome deal. Patreon, of course, if you want to support us directly. And one-time donation if you want to help me keep doing what I'm doing at the pace that I'm doing it. I've been putting out at least three episodes a week for the past few months, and it's been going great. We've seen the show grow immensely, and I can't help but say it every outro. Thank you so much, and please... Value for value, folks. If you find value in the show, send some value back my way. I'm not ashamed of asking, and I can care less what the haters think, because if you enjoy this podcast, I can guarantee that there is a little bit of money or change that you could spare to put it towards this podcast so I could spend more time each week creating audio magic that you learn from and enjoy wherever you are in your now that's all for today folks please support nathan lee miller foster his podcast is called the six of swords he's also got a band camp you can find his band camp by searching nathan lee and his deep state the links are all in the description that's all have a great moment wherever you are in the now Service can't reach me on the circuit. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain. Hardly feeling like a person, but the vibes are perfect. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait, my third eye's open and my chakras flowing. All seven channels in my spirits flowing. Knowledge feeling deeper than the ocean It's the eightfold path in the sacred lotus uh, I'm peeking, flipping through Akashic records My ego's decomposing like a leper I'm Edgar Casey going some levitation So with zero hesitation as I jump into the spaceship I'm weary from faking like an earthling While skyfish dip and dive above the earth circling I'm spiraling, sacred geometry Studying my old selves like it's anthropology Honestly, feeling like life's a comedy As big a game as a paper-run economy I've been playing safe, but safe is for the weaker heart Wait, I'm peeking, tearing everything apart Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain Cells out of service can't reach me on the circuit uh, I'm peeking through the curtain Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose Wait
I'm peeking through the curtain at the crowd. Sheeps in their seats and the wolves on the prowl. Zeitgeist, spirit form, walking through the aisles. Consumerism, living in their vacant smiles. Uh, now I'm peeking through the curtain at the sky. How I ain't even gotta try, gaining wisdom on the fly. I'm touching base with things I can't explain. Gods without names on a different plane. Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain. Cells out of service can't reach me on the circuit. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain. Hardly feeling like a person, but the vibes are perfect. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain. Cells out of service can't reach me on the circuit. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait, I'm peeking through the curtain. Hardly feeling like a person, but the vibes are perfect. Uh, I'm peeking through the curtain. Nothing is for certain, but I feel it like a purpose. Wait. Wait.